Спасибо, Царька, за то, что вы нам спонсорите. Спасибо вам большое. За то, что вы нам помогаете финансово. И за то, что вы нас поддерживаете. Спасибо большое. Спасибо, что вы работаете с нами, чтобы вы о нас беспокоитесь. Спасибо, что вы стараетесь для нас. Спасибо вам за все. И спонсорам тоже спасибо, что вы нам даете деньги для детей, на одежду, на еду, для всего, что вы нам даете. Для аттракциона, для всего. Чего можно? Спасибо, американцы, за вашу... Что вы к нам приехали. Привет. Привет. Как тебя зовут? Как у тебя день прошел? 50-50. И все отлично. И спасибо, что вы привели такой классный день. Вы нам помогали. Спасибо за друзья. Хорошо, мы привели с ними. Мне сказали про Бога. Привет, я Аля, я сейчас на Фальконах. Спасибо за вашу поддержку. can't take credit for putting that together. That was Barbara. <laughs> But the, uh, I want to cry. I saw my kids. It's emotional. I've been going two and a half weeks. I miss them. Huh. The um, guy with the curly red hair, he's 16, going on 25. We all been there, done that, right? <laughs> 16, and we thought we knew everything. Then we get 25, go, oh, my, my goodness mama you're so smart and I thought you were really dumb eight years ago but he's an amazing kid God has really changed his life around the first one that you saw uh, he's a twin he's 14 and uh, he's been he's been with us about he came to us right before the war started right well actually let's call it what it really is the unprovoked invasion that has turned into a war Uh, right before that started in February, he came to us just in January, right after New Year's. And he wanted nothing, zero, nothing, don't even talk about it, to do with God or Jesus Christ. Um, if you can imagine, uh, he and his brother lived with a mother saying, you know, I really don't love you. Wish the heck you were, she used another word, I wish the heck you weren't even here. And she had a younger son that she cared for. So when he came to us, he, he really didn't know what love was. And he was angry. Did you see anger in his face? Well, about, um, I guess it was about two weeks before I left, uh, he decided he wanted to be one of us. And he wanted to trust God. So praise the Lord. He's on a road of healing. And uh, I'm excited with uh, that his change. Amen.
And I think it's just because he's been around, he saw that we're real people. You know, this isn't a pretend game. It's not a phony game. We don't wear a mask. You know, he's seen me get mad. He's seen me grab him and wrestle him to the ground when he's being a jerk. Uh, but then he's seen me hug him and say, I love you, five minutes later. Then take the time to listen to him and talk to him about their problems. And that's what God does. So, what I want to share with you today. Do you remember the last uh, couple phrases from Pastor Louis last week, how he ended his sermon? Who remembers? Oh, come on. I know y'all were listening to Pastor Louis. I remember. Did, did, did he say something about, let me see, looking in a mirror and seeing what God would have you do? Did, 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 did I, does that ring a bell with you? That ring a bell with you, Pastor Louie? He's, he's shaking his head like, mm -hmm, you were listening, Jane. Yes, I was, sir. Thank you. So I was astounded when I heard that because I want to talk to you today about looking in the mirror. Sometimes it's not a pleasant thing to do. And sometimes it's a good thing to do. The verses I want to read to you. From 2 Corinthians. Paul's just so wise. Chapter 3, verse 16 to 18. Whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. And are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Lord is spirit. We are on a path of transformation. Do you, how many of you read the book, uh, A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens? Yeah. Remember Scrooge? He's sitting there and he's going, oh, I don't want to give to charity. That ain't me. I'm not doing it. So what happened? He had some visitors. And one of them showed him what his future of dying all alone was going to be like. So we got to be careful what we wish for. And he was wishing for the wrong thing. In a similar way, we tend to receive what we look for. I think about that for a minute. I had to think about that when the Lord showed me that. We tend to receive what we look for. You ever walk into a room and you see somebody and go, oh gosh, she doesn't like me. She probably doesn't now. We tend to receive what we look for. And our values are what? Our motivation for our behavior. That's heavy. That's really heavy. Our values are our motivation for our behavior. Ah, sometimes I have to question my values. Anybody else? I'm telling you, I can get off track. It's not, it's not hard. It's real easy. Oh, there's so much junk out there on television and in the stores and on the internet and Lord help us, Jesus, all the stuff that's on the internet. Our values can get really distorted. I heard a story about a man he was in the hospital and he had a IV pole and he's walking with his IV pole and the nurse said I know he'll be back to his room in probably a half an hour or so and his wife was waiting for him and she's asked 
Why does it take him so long? She says, well, we followed him and we found out. Every door he goes by, he stops and prays for the person in that room. Just goes on, prays for the person in that room, and then gets back to his room. I'd say his values were in the right place. He was in there dying of a disease. He knew that he was not going to be able to go home. But yet, he sought the Lord, looked in the mirror, and asked the Lord what he wanted him to do. You know, some of our kids that you saw in this video are in middle school. Middle school is really, it really should be called hell school. I'm sorry. It's the worst for kids. And elementary school is fast becoming even worse. But middle school, there's so much social media and so much social pressure. And my goal is to help our kids be able to withstand it and stand up for who they are on the inside. We have a little girl, she's four, 15 years old now. She felt like nobody loved her, that she was worth nothing. She is a little bit pudgy, which is not great for 15 when everybody else is, you know, doing all the diet stuff. Don't look at me, I'm not dieting. Anyway, she didn't love herself. And she was having a hard time because one of our other girls, you know, girls can get in cat fights. Yes, especially teenage girls. One of the other girls was picking on her because she had lost a few pounds. And she goes, well, you haven't lost any. And they're going back and forth. And this other girl heard, heard I won't change her name, uh, Lynn, I'll say. She ran out of the room crying her heart out. I happened to witness it all. And I heard the Lord say, go to her. So I did, grabbed her in my arms. She laid her head on my shoulder and cried. Started telling me what was going on. I said, Lena, do you love yourself? The tears stopped and she was like, what? Do I love myself? She couldn't answer. I said, can I tell you something that I learned? I learned a long time ago to go to the mirror and look at myself regardless of how I felt and say, Jane, I love you. Not with my eyes closed. <laughs> and mean it. And I, so I did it in front of her. We went into a bathroom together, closed the door, and I did it for myself. This is what, what I did. And she looked at me like I just spoke the most foreign story she ever heard in her life. I said, can you do that? Took a good minute. I waited. I didn't push her. I was, if she would have said, no, I can't, I would have said, okay, one day you can, but you can't push them because then they're going to do it out of obedience and not out of the heart. And God knows we need to live from our heart and not our head. Amen. Finally, after a minute or so, she was able to look in the mirror. And first she did it like this. Lana, I said, no, you're cheating. You got to open those eyes. So she opened the eyes. And this is how she said it. Lana, I love you. I said, well, that's a good first step. It's barely a whisper. I said, let's try it again. Can you do it again? Lana. I love you. I said, you're getting better. You're starting to believe it. I said, now get real close to the mirror. Yep. 
right up like this. Put your nose almost on the glass. Get right up there. See all those pimples and stuff on your face. I had to make a joke to make her relax a little bit. And she laughed a little bit. And she goes, Lena, I love you. And I was like, yes. And then she turned around and gave me the biggest hug you ever saw. I ever had in my life from this child. I heard her about two weeks later. She was talking to one of the other girls. And one of the other girls was crying about something. And she says to her, Sasha, have you ever looked in the mirror and said, you love you, I love you? I stood there going, I was around the corner. She didn't know I was listening to all this. And I thought, God, you're so good. But she repeated almost verbatim what I did with her and took Sasha to the bathroom <laughs> and did the whole thing all over again. I'm like, God, you're so good because you showed me that. And you people say, well, how are you going to be happy? How are you going to be happy? Go out and buy a new house? Go out and buy a new car? Get a new little puppy dog? Get a lot of money? Puppy dogs do bring us money. I love my Bailey and I know Daniel loves his Zoe. <laughs> but, but how are we going to be happy? How do we experience happiness? Ask yourself, how do I experience happiness? How did Jesus experience happiness? That's our example. By making other people happy. Exactly what Pastor Louis was talking about last week. Making other people happy. And how do we do that? Smile. Have you ever gone to the grocery store and the cashier is ringing you up and she's like, I'll just stand there and go. <laughs> Eventually they'll smile back at you and then probably think, I'm glad she's gone. <laughs> smile at people and you can make them happy. That's what Jesus does for us. How, what's the best way to experience blessing? Now let me tell you, to hear Lena tell another child what I had shared with her was such a huge blessing. I just cried, went to my room and cried and said, thank you, Lord. Now, it would have been easy to live in the flesh and said, wow, wasn't I good? But no, I didn't want that. How do we experience blessing? How do we do that? How do you do that? I bless somebody else. Blessed to be a blessing. Genesis 12. If you've ever taken Bethel classes, you learn precepts and they stick in your brain. They don't go away. Blessed to be a blessing. So we need to look in the mirror. Because looking outward through the window all the time, we tend to throw the blame on somebody else. Here's where I'm coming from. I'm looking out the window in Germany and I'm thinking, I wish that god-awful war would be over. Whose fault is it? And I want to blame somebody. Or somebody does something wrong in the house. Like the cook or whatever. And I want to... Yeah, I know I could have done it better. Because I'm looking out the window. God doesn't want us to look, look out the window and see the harvest. True, as Pastor Louie was talking about last week. And see what things God wants you to do. That we need to do. But... Paul says, we need to look in the mirror. 
And looking in the mirror helps us know what our strengths are. We all have them. And we best well fess up to them because they're God-given. And when we don't admit our strengths, we're denying the power of the Lord in our lives. Amen? And then looking inward in the mirror helps us find solutions for our weaknesses. Now, I know you guys probably don't have any weaknesses, right? I mean, I don't have any. I'm joking. That's a joke. I do have weaknesses. But when we look in the mirror and we can really face what our weaknesses are, we change, as Paul wrote, from glory into glory into glory and become more like Christ. God, if we're not changing, then we're not doing anything. We're standing still. We're stagnant. I know some of my weaknesses, and I'm working hard on some. Believe me, I know. And I know there's more that he's going to show me as time goes on that I need to still work on. One of them is not rolling over in bed in the morning and picking up my phone and looking at Facebook. <sighs> stop it, Jane. Just stop it right now. Do it some other time. How about rolling over in the morning and looking at the Word of God? Hello? But it's a battle that we all deal with, with this social media that's out there. We all want to do it. So looking, in, looking at our weaknesses can only happen when we look at our heart. Only so long in life can you go through life living from the head. Because the head is deceptive. I know Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful, no man can know it. But God knows it. And when we look in our heart, he shows us what's in our heart. So looking in the mirror helps us to build on our strengths. Okay, we already know we got some strengths. We know we've got some weaknesses. And the Lord wants to build on those things. Why? Again, I'm going to refer to Pastor Louis' sermon last week. So we can do good works for the kingdom of God. And only when we get stronger are we able to do it. Would I be able to live in Ukraine for 29 years? I only went for two years, you know. When I said I made a commitment for two years and every year I'd come home and my mother would say, it's two years, are you? well, I'm going to go back for another year, Mom. Next year I'm back home. Well, you... Uh, how about it? You said, told me you were gone for two years. It's now three. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back for another year, Mom. I feel like that's where God wants me. Finally, she stopped asking. She gave up. Twenty-nine years. I did not anticipate at age forty-six going to Ukraine and being there for twenty-nine years. No way, no how. It was not in my playbook, at all. No way, no how. But. God did and it was his plan I went with a lot of weaknesses and God's done a lot of work in me through the children I mean just to hear some of their stories that that little guy you saw in there who's nine years old he's my buddy he comes to me all the time wants to sit in my lap and wants me just to cuddle him come to find out he's never experienced that so looking in the mirror find our strengths Take them to the Lord. Start looking at our weaknesses. Now, I'm not saying when you're looking for your weaknesses to be a navel gazer. God knows we got enough of those in the church. Enough of those in the world. Don't always think of what's wrong with me. Think of 
what needs to change in me? Not what's wrong. Look at the positive side. What needs to change in me? And how am I going to let the Lord do that in my life? How am I going to let him? Because we actually have to give him permission. He's just standing there waiting. How am I going to let him change me from glory into glory? To be more like Christ. That's my heart's cry. And I know I've got a ways to go. I read a story about a young couple. They moved into a neighborhood. And the next morning while they're eating breakfast, the young woman, she saw her neighbor hanging the wash outside. Now I know we don't do that much anymore because of all the pollution, but this is back when. She's hanging her wash outside and she says to her husband over breakfast, that laundry's not very clean. She doesn't know how to wash correctly. Maybe she needs better soap. Oh, she should get some Norwex. Her husband looked on, but remained silent. And every time her neighbor hung the wash, she would say to her husband, that wash isn't very clean. She just has not learned how to wash correctly. I wonder who, who taught her how to wash. I don't know. But a month later, the woman was surprised to look out the window and see the most beautiful, clean wash she ever saw. She says to her husband, oh, glory, hallelujah, look, she's learned how to wash right. I wonder who finally taught her what to do it the right way. And her husband says calmly, I got up early this morning and washed the windows. And so it is with life when we see when uh, we're, what we see when we're watching others depends on the purity of our hearts. And because that purity of our heart is the thing that we look through, we're always looking through the filter of our own stuff at other people and projecting it on them. And Jesus never, ever did that. And it's a hard thing to stop, to not be judgmental. So just like the story of Scrooge, be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you're looking for. Because more, more importantly, like Jesus, be careful what you look for. Then we can all say, God bless us, everyone. Amen. Stay for a second. So, uh, oftentimes when folks like Jane would come, we'd give her just a few moments to speak. But uh, there's more in Jane than just a few moments. Amen. And uh, we honor her ministry. We honor her mission. And if you'd like, would you just join me now as as I pray for her and the ark and all that she's doing? Dear God, we thank you today for Jesus Christ. We thank you that we can look in the mirror, Father, and that we can really look deep enough to see you in what we do. Father, Jane has put her hand to the plow for 29 years, Father. She's been faithful. And Father, I speak a joy into her heart as she serves you, as she is obedient to you, and as she listens to your call. And Father, thank you for every single breath 
that one of those children get to have because of her and her ministry and all she's done. It. We thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jane. God bless you. Yes, ma'am. Amen. This is Pastor Louie. I hope you've enjoyed the message today, and I hope that it has encouraged you. If you need any further information about the message or our ministries, please contact us at the numbers on the screen. Our live worship is 1030 each Sunday morning, and we can also be seen on YouTube and Facebook at thelivingcornerstone.org. Be blessed.